The colonel wasn't at all what I was expecting. From the way Captain Devaney spoke of the man, of how he managed to hold the brigade together through tough times and hard circumstances, I expected him to be a larger-than-life character, maybe a real, live Captain America, costume and all. Instead, I found a flesh-and-blood mortal man, dressed in a clean but obviously work-rumpled uniform, and I wondered how he managed to mess up his clothes this early in the day. Either he got up really early, or he was still working from the night before. He had salt and pepper hair, and his dark brown eyes regarded me with a sharp intellect. Seated, I couldn't tell his height, but he had the greyhound lean features of a distance runner, and the smooth mannerisms I'd seen in some martial arts practitioners. As I was sizing him up, the colonel was likewise giving me a careful once-over. You're a little bigger than I was expecting, Colonel Hotchkins finally said, gesturing me to one of the guest chairs in front of his desk. Reading Captain Devaney's report, I pictured you as a half-starved street urchin, like something out of Dickens. He added that last little bit with a good-natured chuckle, and I nodded, since it was pretty close to the truth. In the last few weeks, I'd actually managed to put on enough weight so that I no longer resembled a scarecrow. No, sir. I've managed to claw my way back up to skinny instead of skin and bones. That's some feat, given current conditions. Mr. I'm sorry, couldn't seem to find a mention of your last name anywhere in this report, said Colonel Hodgkins. Please, just call me Luke, Colonel. Fair enough, Luke. I appreciate you meeting with me this early. As I'm sure you can imagine, my schedule is pretty packed these days. That was just Colonel Hodgkins being polite. When you are a civilian refugee and the brigade commander requests your presence at 0630, you may darn sure you arrived early. Or so I was told by the sergeant who appeared at my door and rousted me from a perfectly pleasant dream. Although, when he went to shake my arm, he hadn't been expecting the pistol I pressed to his head. I was curled up in a bunk with Amy in the transient enlisted barracks. The mattresses were lumpy, and the beds were awfully narrow and short. My feet stuck out over the end. But we were accustomed to such things, and had been sleeping soundly when it happened. Whoa, whoa, he'd said, the cold metal barrel dimpling his forehead. What do you need? I asked, my brain still fuzzy with sleep. The colonel needs to see you ASAP, sir, and you need to get that gun out of my face. Sorry, sergeant. I've spent too long out there, I said sheepishly, not even trying to explain what I meant by out there. Of course, he'd been the fool who thought it a good idea to invade my space in the dark. The sergeant acted suitably chastised, and I made a production of passing the Glock off to Amy as I got up to splash some water on my face and slip into my boots. I'd slept in my pants and a t-shirt, so putting on a fresh, long-sleeved denim work shirt only took a second. As I sat with the colonel, I remembered the hassle of just getting here. Obtaining permission back at the armory in Fayetteville to get our weapons on base had proven to be a challenge from the start. I'd refused to travel without them, and Captain Devaney was more than sympathetic, to say the least. He'd figured out a loophole and hired us as civilian security contractors. We got to keep our sidearms, but checked our rifles and shotguns at the base armory. Well, except for the crate of gear we were hauling. Those items just stayed padlocked, and we kept them with one of us at all times.
Upon arrival at the Fort Chaffee in-processing center, we'd then produced our temporary ID cards and a copy of the contract signed by the captain. The deal might have been a little shady, but by now the military was used to dealing with contractors of various sorts, even contractors who looked too young to drink or vote. The contract simply identified us as Luke and Amy Landon, which was hilarious when Amy claimed that made us officially together. She nearly cried when I told her it was our engagement announcement, but she managed to keep it together. Barely. Honestly, inside, I felt the same way. My identification card also read Landon, but I didn't say anything about using Amy's last name.